welcome to the Rando Cast. I'm currently frozen in Memphis, like a lot of people on Earth. I feel like at the moment, how are you guys doing down in Texas? Well, we're thawing out after a few days of being in 12 degree weather, and then of course the power going out because our state can't handle anything that's between outside of the the temperature range of like 70 to like 90 degrees anything hotter or colder than our power just goes out and everyone just loses yeah, it that's, that's how you're gonna do it <laughs> wait did i say welcome to the rando cast i already forgot what i said yeah, you but did. anyway <laughs> welcome everyone to the the rando cast and this week's episode um yeah with with the theme being sort of a lot of us are frozen in and having wild weather. We're going to do our wild world of wild weather. I haven't thought of the title yet, but it's, <laughs> we're going to do something like the wide world of sports, but wide, wide weather, random wild weather world of sports. Or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, because we all know what. What are the classic kind of uh, bad weather games? I guess we got like the Ice Bowl mm-hmm. is a big one. We we don't. And then when I was looking them up, like the Tuck Rule game was a classic rule, which kind of forgot about that one being. Not only did it change the end of the last landscape forever, it was also like a ridiculously cold and snowy game. Um, yeah, there uh, a lot of them come to mind. Um, there's the uh, there was that Philadelphia Detroit game that was played in the snow, where there's that excuse me that famous uh, scene of Calvin Johnson catching the ball and then he gets up and there's snow all in his uh, face mask. Um, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh, uh, wild uh, uh, weather games. Um, so the ones we're going to talk about yeah, today, like we hopefully get... we like did a little, well, I myself did a little digging and just like usual, uh, we don't share what our posts or what our choices are going to be for these little countdowns and stuff. So, uh, anything I say or yeah, what Tim it's possible says, we have a, yeah, it could be an overlap week, but hopefully not. And I felt like once, um, I got into a couple of them kind of like with a lot of our stuff where kind of found some kind of random aspects of these games that I didn't know about it. Honestly, and I feel like a bunch of mine or a couple of mine are pretty old too, which I, was just kind of fun reading about how they dealt with stuff back in the day. Yeah. Um, mine are, mine are pretty old school seventies and eighties. Uh, it also seems like it, uh, nowadays, uh, Games get uh, canceled, just like uh, or postponed a lot more often. Kind of like the um, um, playoff, the Buffalo playoff Buffalo game, game that got that got canceled. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of where um, this topic came up too, where we were texting. Which I will say, because I kind of agree. Like I'm sure, like sounded of like the I don't know the let them play football. <laughs> Like, not canceling this stuff, but at the same time, I feel like my age is showing where sometimes I'm like, do we really need to be spending taxpayer dollars to clean up roads <laughs> and stadiums just to play some stupid football game? Like, even here last night, we, um, oh man, Memphis just got right in the top and, of course, lost to South Florida, this bozo, not good team, but... But they almost they were gun. They like taught. They like sent a an email out like saying like advising fans not to go to the game. Oh wow! And you could just you could exchange your ticket for like a future game, any of the future games the rest of the season, which is cool. And like, but at the same time, it's like I can't believe we had to like like clean up the roads just to play a basketball game that we lost and. It was a weird atmosphere where, like, there was hardly any fans, which I do think affects. I think, I think these, like, like the co. It was kind of like a COVID game where, like, there wasn't as many people. Where I definitely think it affects the psyche of college players more so than like pros would. 
Yeah, because it's like a lot of students and a lot of, you know, that's who's really involved in it. In, in since, and, and here's a quick question. Um, does Memphis, do the Tigers have their own basketball stadium or do they share one with the Grizzlies? They share one with the Grizzlies, which okay. is often a topic of conversation here where I personally, I wish they had their own stadium, like on campus. And especially because when um, the FedEx Forum is the, the, the stadium here and when it opened, yeah, it like opened to be like the Grizzlies new stadium. And it was like an NBA, and it, I mean, it is, it's like an NBA level, really cool stadium. And so at the time when the Tigers were playing it, John Calipari kind of used it as like a recruiting tool too, where he's like, oh, you'll get to play in like this sold out like NBA stadium. It'll be awesome, which is true. And like, it felt like at the time, like the players and fans really were into it. But it has gotten to a point where I find it kind of weird where when I've gone to Tigers games the last couple of years, when you walk in, everything still says, like, Grizzlies because mm-hmm. it's the Grizzly Stadium. So, like, you see banners of John Morant and Jaron Jackson. And I'm like, I want to walk in and see, like, a statue of Penny Hardaway and, yeah. like, see, like, old banners of, like, the old teams and stuff like that. So I'm definitely pro. And I've seen this as been a pretty common thing. And I think we've talked about it on previous episodes where kind of the landscape of college sports and all sports is changing where you don't really need like a huge stadium for college basketball. There just isn't the draw like they used to be. And even the kind of blue, like Duke doesn't play a huge stadium, but they sell out every game and it creates this kind of awesome atmosphere. And I would love that for Memphis to have like an on-campus kind of, I don't know, hold 10, 12,000 or something and then sell that out because the forum can hold like 18,000 and that's a tough, to draw 18,000 fans for a college basketball game like every time is, is kind of a tough ask even for the kind of big teams. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of the on-campus um, uh, basketball uh, venues just because of the the, I guess the the intimacy and all the, the you know just like the clo- like uh, like the Moody Theater here in Austin, which is the the home court for the Texas Longhorns. It's a good concert venue because they design the acoustics that way. So when they put their fans in there, it just creates this vortex of sound and and it's probably disorienting to the to the uh, opposing team. But it's also got like the way the seats are. It's 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 kind of compact i guess uh yeah for like the for the, yeah, the that. we never went to i would have liked to check out like a texas state game um I, I like going to yeah they've they've got it like a they re- they renovated it a few years ago and it's it's pretty cool because they kind of you, there used to be like this monstrous wall that was just like there and they took it down and and kind of uh, opened up the the floor, and I've been to a few games, and it's it's got that college basketball feel where it's like, and you're not playing in the NBA, you know, stadium or anything like that. It's like a it's like a college venue kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So on to our topic um, of crazy weather games. Yeah. What do you got? Let's. I'll let you jump off first. Okay. What? What do you have for our first wild weather game? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so this one I came across just by chance, uh, and this was way before we even talked about this topic. Um, I was doing dishes, and I just put on some random video. It was like the 1974 season in review, and it was some old NFL films thing. And even if it's about something mundane mm-hmm. like that, you know, the announcers for NFL films is like, you know, and the man and, the, and it's always got like a title and then the music and all that stuff. So, but the, but uh, one game that I came across, it was played September 29th, 1974. It was the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills at Rich Stadium in Buffalo, New York. Now, it was just an ordinary early season game, nothing out of the ordinary, uh, except uh, there were wind gusts of 45 miles an hour and, uh, and uh, it was raining. Um, so I'm watching some of the highlights and it shows like Joe Namath pass and he throws a 
a ball and it goes flying up in the air and just kind of twirling around and all the kicks and the punts were just going everywhere. Um, it was so windy. Everyone had to change their game plan. Well, not the, not the bills really. Cause they had OJ Simpson. Uh, um, who's that? Um, Can you explain who OJ Simpson? <laughs> he was, um, he was, uh, he's more famous for the naked gun movies. That's where he, he became oh, famous that from, guy. or at least that's where I know him from. I don't know him from it. I know he played for the Bills, and he did some Hertz Rent-A-Cars commercials, but other than that, I don't really know much about him. Um, so, for, kid, for the kids out there, check out the Naked Gun series yes. to learn about O.J. Simpson. Yes, he's a very down-to-earth, friendly guy in that movie. Um, anyways, um, the conditions were so bad, um, only two passes were completed in the game total. <laughs> Joe Namath went 2-for-18 and had three interceptions for, and 33 yards. And the Bills quarterback Joe Ferguson went 0 for two, so it was kind of like an like it's an like Army a, versus Navy game or something like that. It's like a service academy. Yeah, game. yeah. And um, so OJ had 117 yards, and uh, the final score was 16 to 12 in Buffalo's favor. Now, as far as the crazy weather games, I just chose this one just because it seemed like it'd be. You know, just kind of a random, I mean, that's the point of this show is like uh, the rando cast. It's just a random game, something, a yeah. game that would have been lost to just, just a fact on, yeah, on, no, a, that's on funny a stat that, sheet. That they would even have, yeah, no, and then that shows, because that's probably less than, did the, I bet the Ice Bowl completed more passes than that. Oh, I'm sure. Because um, that's what's funny too is, yeah, the more I research, the more you realize there's been like a lot of. Ice bowls, <laughs> different sports, even and stuff. There's a there's a guy called KTO, and he does uh, sports videos on um, YouTube, and he had a pretty interesting uh, video about bad weather game, cold weather games, and and stuff like that, and how it affects it. And he had stats, and he went all into it, and he he was showing that like rainy bad weather games, cold frozen games, the point differential isn't that much off. Like you would think, like a like yeah. a like a snowy game would be like seven to six or something like that. But he showed also the the passing yards were a little bit down, but not by much. Um, so, and then it, it went into other stuff like there was some study about like athletes in cold weather and how they create something called like brown fat or something like that. That like their body like acclimates to it or something like that. So I mean, this is the rando cast. This isn't like the Bill Nye the Science Guy cast. So I didn't really anything past that. I didn't really dive into. I want the, the next episode we're going to just do about brown fat. <laughs> it's just going to be like, <laughs> do you remember Gilbert Brown who played for the Packers? He was yes. like a he was like a giant man. I mean, he'd probably be like normal size now, but like. Back in the nineties he was like humongous. Him and the fridge were like would have been like prime examples of playing like in the cold, like they could they could hang. Yeah. No, that's a good one. So um, right. So just just some real quick stats on that game since I didn't really have much as far as like any like supremely so between the two teams they carried the ball almost a hundred times in this game and only attempted twenty passes. And so turnovers and stuff, it wasn't like you would think for a windy day. I think what happened is Namath probably threw a few passes and got them picked off. And they're like, okay, we're done for, we're done for the day passing. Yeah. All right. So that was my first one. Uh, what is your first one? All right. So we're going to go up a, a little bit north of a place that, is kind of used to some snow games, and I found a cool story about the 65th Grey Cup, which, it, for anyone that doesn't know, is the Canadian Football League's um, yearly championship game, which, and even looking at it, when I was like, the 65th Grey Cup, and because it was in, it was November 27, 1977, and I was like, how did they already have the 65th Grey Cup? And so it was cool just kind of researching. Because I do think we kind of, as Americans, disrespect the Canadian Football League a little too much, where we act like it's just this copycat league. When 
And that's what was crazy about it is like the first Grey Cup was in 1909, and it, and it had evolved from rugby, and then they like so originally it was like a rugby trophy, and then people started playing football, I guess, and then it like combined eventually into, and then I don't know, it was, it, there's a whole interesting story anyway. If you ever get bored of like just the history of the Canadian Football League, which I found interesting. And um, so, yeah, the sixth Grey Cup, um, also known as the Ice Bowl in in Canadian pop culture, was played on November 27 at Montreal's Olympic Stadium, and it was between the Montreal Alouette. See, how do you say it? I just say Alouettes, but I'm sure, like I'm, I'm sure. Alouettes. The, I'm sure I, they they say it all like Frenchy or whatever. French Canadian, yeah. and I took French, but I'm terrible at actually pronouncing French <laughs> words and names. But anyway, so and they did the Edmonton Eskimos by a score of forty-one to six. So it was a bit of a blowout. And <laughs> and the Edmonton side of the Edmonton Eskimos are now the Edmonton Elks, which they changed that name a few years back. And um, so yeah, this was this was. Ice big blizzard had hit Montreal two two days prior to the game, and they spent like two days like clearing the field. And the worst part I thought reading about this was that the Montreal's Olympic Stadium was like that old school astroturf where it's basically just a carpet, mm-hmm. and so so everything had melted, but then refrozen, and oh. then so it was basically just like a literal sheet of ice and. So both teams were like, oh, my God, how are we going to play on this? Whatever. And then the legend on the on the, uh, Montreal side is that one of their older, like, defensive backs um, had the idea for them all to staple their shoes. Like, and again, like, I can't even think about what they actually used or how they had, like, I guess you have, would you have, like, a staple gun, like, on a football have staple gun like to you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know like i didn't know like it was that that's like common practice to have like in a football locker room but anyway <laughs> so somehow they got like all these so they stapled all their bottom of their shoes to create like even a little bit of traction yeah and what's crazy is that it actually worked and so montreal was just like running as usual and that's they were able to like score 41 points and they say the Edmonton, when they were just like sliding around the field and their cleats couldn't break whatsoever. And so like they couldn't do anything. And then I guess got like two, I think they had, I can't remember if it was a two field goals. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, their kicker just had two field goals and they were never able to like do anything. And so, I don't know, I just thought this was like a wild one. And honestly, like, what would you think? Do you think that's cheating or just finding a competitive advantage? I think it's finding a competitive advantage. It brings me it reminds me of a of a, the nineteen thirty four NFL championship game uh, that, that's commonly referred to commonly referred to as the sneaker game. And basically they did something similar where uh, it froze at the polo grounds uh, um, in New York and uh, they got uh, the, the Bears got some sneakers i believe from like uh one of the local schools like basketball teams and they and they wore the sneakers and it ended up so it was 13 to 3 going into the fourth quarter and i mean yeah uh, no sorry it was the giants that got the sneakers excuse me chicago was leading 13 to 3 and then the giants uh got the sneakers and then railed off 27 points in the fourth quarter to win 30 to 13 so i don't think it's a I don't think it's I don't think it's like cheating or whatever. It's just yeah, it's just using using your noggin for for something. Or it's like uh, the Patriots playing the Dolphins, and they got that like convict to go with like the 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 snowplow machine to like plow the field for the field goal, the winning field goal. And then like Don yeah. Shula was like pissed about it because he's like, oh, that's not that's not fair. But it's like, you know, they it's 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 not like. You know, it's just it's just fighting the elements, I guess. So if you can think of something better, then no, and and I guess and I didn't even think, but and the defensive back that came in 
<laughs> Proudfoot, which I find funny too because it's like the guy that figured out how to fix their shoes. And so, yeah, he even said that at one point when he was messing with the, um, the staple guns, he thought about na- putting nails in the bottom of the shoe. Oh, shit. And just like breaking them all. Like, he was trying. I couldn't imagine that working out well. But even the <laughs> staples, like, again, like, I don't. Get, I would have liked to see. Because I try to find, like, if there's, like, photos of it. Because, like, I would have loved to see what that actually looked like at the bottom of the shoes. And so. I- Anyway, so yeah, this was this is a kind of a legendary game up in Canadian football lore. So, and here's some of the crazy records that happened at it. Um, the game set a great cup attendance record of sixty-eight thousand three hundred and eighteen. Just to show you how I don't know crazy or I guess Canadians are, where they packed out that Olympic-sized stadium and. Um, yeah, and it was just like it was bitterly cold and like covered in snow, but like they they were dead for it. And the defensive back for the um, for Montreal, Vernon Perry, fourth quarter, seventy four yard interception is a long Grey Cup history. Um, Don Sweets, twenty three points. He was the kicker for Montreal. Is still the game cup record for most points by a place kicker. Um, and for those, yeah, not familiar with Canadian football, the Edmonton Montreal have met in 11 Grey Cup clashes. They're kind of bitter rivals. And the Eskimos prevailed in 54, 55, 56, 75, 78, 79, 2003, 2005. They're pretty, they've been one of those like kind of good franchises for the whole run of it. And same with Montreal. Because after this game, it kind of angered the Eskimos. They would go on to win the next TV, the next five CFL championships after losing the infamous Ice Bowl. So yeah, that was my kind of. I enjoyed reading about Canadian football as a whole, and thought this was a very cool bad weather game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I always, uh, I always enjoy, uh, you know. Keeping up with the CFL every now and then, and it's fun to hear them on our yeah. on our cast. All right, for so we're gonna stay um, in the great country of Canada for this one. So my second uh, crazy weather game took place April seventh, nineteen seventy seven, and this is the Toronto Blue Jays inaugural game at Exhibition Stadium in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, against the Chicago White Sox. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it was the first Blue Jays game. And so it snowed uh, that day. Um, they were, they, from what I read, that it was, if it snowed anymore, the game probably would have been postponed. But uh, what they did was they borrowed uh, their, uh, their, their friends, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Sam Boney, to squeegee some snow off the field. Um, uh, so, like, I was looking at pictures of it. And, it's, and it's, uh, we have those now where there's, especially those early season games where it's like snowing in like you know Cleveland or you know somewhere up north and it's it's always crazy to see uh baseball games being played like that since it's like you know the summer pastime and all that stuff yeah um uh so throughout the game uh the fans chanted we want beer because they were the only <laughs> major league ballpark at the time not to serve alcohol because there was some Ontario law that you couldn't serve alcohol at a at sporting events, which I think is kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, so it ended up, uh, it didn't really affect the play that much. It's just, that's fitting for a Canadian baseball team's first game to be snowy. Um, Definitely. the, the Blue Jays won nine to five, uh, Doug Alt there, I think he was the first baseman hit two home runs. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's 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 it was pretty cool seeing some of the footage and some of the photos of the game, and uh, there was players like pretending to use like bats as like skis and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I've never I've never even been to a cold baseball game. I don't think, let alone a snowy game. Yeah, so I can't imagine. I don't, I don't think I've been to. A, yeah, I don't think I've been to a cold baseball game ever. Yeah, they're always hot. Especially down here, 
And this and that kind of fits like we were kind of um, texting about it too, where where it seems like we'll we'll probably in like I bet in like the next ten or twenty years, like I feel like none of these games will ever happen anymore because almost every major city is building like retractable roof stadiums. And what do you think about that? That does that tarnish kind of the fun? Like because I can kind of see it for baseball, but. I'm almost on your side with like football where are we never like what's the level like is it raining that they're gonna close the roof like or is it only for emergencies where are you taking an like one of the things that we love about football away by doing that i I personally like like quote unquote bad weather games so like when when I went to go see Texas State play rice in their bowl game. Uh, last month it was like freezing cold but we we never play texas state never plays any games that deep in the year usually so like like seeing a cold weather game was kind of cool um but i like i like seeing the well, I guess that is, i guess that is true though yeah like and i guess you kind of bring up a good point where i guess college will never change though <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not like every every school like Every school's like suddenly going to get a retractable roof outlet stadium. Yeah, I wouldn't think anytime soon. I mean, maybe once climate change turns us into an inhabitable, <laughs> like an, we'll all be we'll all be in bubbles or whatever. But for the time being, I feel like cause yeah, like because we're both um, Titans fans, and uh, like Nashville's getting one of the like insane billion dollar stadiums, and I'm like, I don't know if Nashville gets bad weather you know i mean that yeah i mean it does get bad weather but historically it's not like it needs it you know what i mean but it just feels like this is what these billionaire owners want to to just i and i get it that it's the loss of money where i i guess cold weather games probably get worse attendance sometimes unless you're in canada and you break the all-time record, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, I like seeing the bad weather games, uh, and you know, I guess it's easier to say too if you're watching on TV, you're like at home, all bundled up in your in your sweater or your little blanket, and you're watching some horrible weather game, and yeah, and and the, the thing is too is like, uh, going back to that video I saw about the bad weather, uh. So Ezekiel Elliott played a game in snow because he plays for New England now. And he was talking about how, like, when you're a kid, you want to go play out in the mud or the snow or whatever. And he says, like, he said that it was his first time playing. He hopes he never has to play in it again. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is different, <laughs> yeah, too, because, really like, cause, like, we were talking about, you brought up the AstroTurf earlier, and, and the old stuff is, like, concrete. So in, in, in my playing days, I guess, in, like, junior high and high school, uh, I played two bad weather games and ended up one game breaking my hand in a frozen game. And then on AstroTurf in the rain, I ended up severely bruising my ribs to the point where I can't even sleep on my left side anymore, <laughs> even after all these years. Yeah. So it's it's fun on paper and you think about, oh, let's go play in the mud or whatever. But it is, I don't know, it, it, at least for me it was treacherous. But as far as like the big picture with all these other teams, I... I don't know. It, it it's I don't even you don't even really see any mud games anymore because that yeah. synthetic rubber grass stuff. No, they're and they have like they have like yeah, like squeegees. <laughs> yeah. Know how to clean it up. Yeah. All right. So um that was my second one. So what about what's your second one? All right. So for my second one, I'm jumping to well, this isn't a um, singular, like a singular event. When I was just, I kind of wanted to try to find one like hot weather one. Which now I'm thinking about it, I did read about there was one Australian Open that like ball boys were like fainting, <laughs> which not to laugh at them, but like and like and people's like rackets were like melting and stuff, and like it was just sounded awful and all the players were like it was the worst it was like playing tennis in hell or something <laughs> and anyway i didn't re and apparently that happens a lot because australia is a hot place but 
Um, I stumbled across this thing called, have you ever heard of the Marathon de Sable? I don't know why I keep picking French naming things. Um, I have not. But I had never heard of this, and it's a marathon on ran, run, ran, in, um, in the Sahara Desert oh, of Morocco every year. It's a ultra marathon, which is the distance of six regular marathons. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah. And so the longest single stage is fifty-seven miles, and but the whole thing is a hundred and sixty mile race in the freaking Sahara Desert. <laughs> and so it's um it started in nineteen eighty-six and was like some French concert promoters like dream idea what? and, yeah, and i was like it sounds like my nightmare yeah. like i'll never do a marathon in general let alone in the desert offend people that run them but um but yeah and so for the first like decade it was all it was just like french people winning it because it and looking at the pictures it seems like it's just like this event that like rich people sign up for, like you know, like trying to climb Mount Everest mm-hmm. type thing, where half of them don't even look like they're gonna survive. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but after like the French dudes won it, then like these two Moroccan dudes have like won every one since like 1997. There's a guy Leichen Hansel. And then after him, there was Sheed El Morabi. I shouldn't have picked hard. I'm so bad at pronouncing names. Rashid El Morabetti. But they won like literally like every one of them since like 1997. I think they have like a fun rivalry going. But um, on the men's side, on the women's side, it actually like changes almost every year. And actually in what year was it in 1999 an american cross-country runner the smith actually won it and i think she's the only oh and then a couple other women have won it from america have won it since then but no no um americans on the men's side has actually ever won it but um but anyway so but on average the race the temperatures are typically Around 120 degrees, which I just can't imagine, like, being able to do that. Um, Some notable, here's a weird, here's the most random one I could find participants. Jack Osborne, son of Ozzy Osborne, (laughs) ran in the race in 2006, but quit early on in the second stage because he thought he was going to die. And I guess it was part of he he had some TV show that I've never heard of called Jack Osborne Adrenaline Junkie. Are you a big fan of that show? I've never heard of it, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good, but I just thought that was so funny that he had run, run in it. But yeah, a lot of um, a lot more. I guess maybe in Europe, this is a more well-known thing because a lot of like a couple like soccer players have attempted it and um, uh famous people from like all over Europe I think like some like noble person ran or something <laughs> but um but then in 2021 a French runner in his early 50s suffered from cardiac arrest and he died which not laughed but but I feel like if you're in your 50s you shouldn't be running a marathon in the freaking desert yeah you should like, be getting I your get prostate you checked wanted, yeah and actually, I don't think anyone should be running in the desert. <laughs> like, chill out. And then it even it even goes to say that, like, during the race, it's actually hard to find water. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's certain... St- yeah, and I was like, what? And so there's, like, certain stretches where, like, you have to prep because, like, there won't be a water station for, like, miles and miles. And I'm like, this just sounds like a death trap. Yeah. But the only thing I did know is sable, I think I'm pronouncing it right, it does mean sand in French. Uh, so it's the marathon of the sands. Oh. Which I did know that. See, that was my thing. I took French in high school, but I can read French some 
but like only in my head. Like I can't speak it or obviously pronounce things. What <laughs> what language did you take a language in high school? I, I took Spanish and yeah. as you can see it didn't really stick as well. Um but Yeah, I wish I just would have I wish I would have taken Spanish but like in like kindergarten. I wanted to take Japanese so in high school. Like actually, that would have been a cool one. Yeah, but um, but speaking of of hot, just to add on to your to your uh, that 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 was really interesting. I would have never even thought of thought of that when I was coming up with this list. I was thinking of like usually just mostly the big four sports in North America. Yeah. Um, the hottest game in NFL history between the New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Rams in 1971. Uh, it was when the Saints played at Tulane Stadium, and the temperature on the field was estimated to be 130 because of the heat radiating off the AstroTurf. So, if you get oh, anything, yeah. if you get anything out of this podcast, especially younger people that play sports, AstroTurf is horrendous. It's it's a it's a cruel it really mistress. Like, and even it's one of those things when you think back, about it, like, it was always a bad idea, <laughs> like. Try to recreate like as the Earth gives way at least. Yeah, <laughs> the ground yeah. when you land on it just naturally gives way, and then putting anything like thinking a, like a thin layer of carpet basically on concrete would be acceptable for and for like a full contact sport too. Yeah, like it'd be different if like because I guess you can run. I don't know. I don't know what else you would play on it that wouldn't be dangerous. Yeah, it's it's no fun. Yeah, we actually even still had it when I was in college at ETSU at um, Mini Dome. We have like this old '60s built miniature. Again, another stupid idea though, where they built a home in a in East Tennessee, where like the weather is actually nice most <laughs> of the time. And if you had a like a football game, it would be kind of a fun. Like it never gets like that cold in the Appalachians, but it was crazy. People in the '60s putting <laughs> the linoleum on hardwood, well, astroturf on concrete. Well, everyone was doing LSD and smoking weed and dropping acid, and back then, I guess. <laughs> that one did it. So All right. That so was, yeah, so that's my that's my one. What what do you got coming up next? Um, this is my last one, and this was this is uh this is an interesting one. So this game took place January fifth, nineteen eighty six, and we're gonna switch to the NBA now. Um, it was the Phoenix Suns at Seattle SuperSonics at the uh, their old Coliseum. So the roof started leaking uh, <clears throat> because of rains, uh, causing delays. Um, some people, some of the players slipped, <laughs> and after oh, wow. after a fifty-five minute delay, early in the second quarter, the refs uh, called the game, um, and it's so f- I don't know if it's so far. No, this is uh, of of like no, this... a, a weather delayed or a weather canceled like basketball. No, game. this is a like... good one because I was I was trying to find basketball and couldn't. Yeah, and so. Uh, yeah, so the game continued the next day uh, with Phoenix winning 114-97. But the fact that an NBA game got canceled because of rain is just like, like it's yeah, just, that's that's just unheard of. Especially with like, you know, today's stadiums and everything is up to date. And if it's not, teams move. So like, it was just, it was just kind of funny just to see that. And it reminded me of, um, it didn't get delayed, but I know that, that it caused problems and I'm doing the problems in quotes. There was a game against the Spurs and the Cavaliers a few years ago where like the Spurs like AC unit went out and then LeBron said he was cramping because of the no AC or something like that. Which oh, is I do that. That's funny. Which uh it's not a it's not a weather delay but it's like a it's like a uh um I guess like a temperature kind of Sort of thing, but you hardly ever see any of this nowadays. Uh, maybe some, maybe some small colleges basketball games or something like. You remember that. the um, the the Spurs uh bat game? Yes. 
where the bat and then Manny Ginobili just snatched it out of the or like I can't remember did he smack it or snatch it? Like, I think he smacked it like out of the air. Some people were yeah, because I feel like people were mad at him for like hurting a bat, but like at the same time, it was crazy that he like was like I'm just gonna whack this bat out of the air. I think and he then, said that he yeah. just didn't want it to like bite anyone or cause any like whatever. Because yeah. then he ended up getting no, it's a very. He ended up getting like rabies shots like after the game, yeah. which he said were painful. Which is funny. <laughs> they, I've got rabies shots. It's the worst. They um, they stick you in the stomach. And I don't know why that is. And I've I've heard someone say that they've changed. And I was like, well, why did I have to get? Because I actually um, I volunteered at um, a wild animal rehab center here when I was like in. I was probably in like ninth grade, I guess. But to be around the animals and stuff, I had to get a rabies shot, and it was <laughs> yeah, it, like it was like the only shot I ever been scared of needles and stuff. But it like hurt, and it's like I felt like it was like seven shots or something, was something crazy like that. Yeah. Where it wasn't like just like I think now they have like you can just only have to take one or something. But yeah, because like I take anyway. the dogs to the vet and they just get one shot. Like oh, here you go in the yeah, neck. Like, or- I was like, why am I having to get like? These like <laughs> these horrible big needles jabbed in my stomach. Ugh. But anyway, <laughs> it was fun though. I made friends with a crow. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we can do a separate podcast about that. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the beauty of uh, podcasts, is especially with their natural flow as it goes from the Seattle SuperSonics game getting rained out to you know. Tim playing with the crows and getting shot in the stomach. Um, so, yeah, um, I think so far this is like the last like NBA game to get canceled or postponed by rain. Um, I'm sure there's some other. Oh, I do have a weird. Yeah, it's not <laughs> weather delay, but I also had a weird story where. I tried it for my birthday in 2020. I tried it. I planned a trip and I went up to Portland, Oregon to watch the Grizzlies play the Trailblazers. Mm. And then it was literally a weekend that everything got shut down. Oh. Like, and, and, when I, and like everyone was like freaking out. And like I even almost canceled the trip. But then my friends that said they could make it were like, oh, we'll go. COVID's just. They're overhyping. <laughs> that was like the famous last words. Oh, and like our text yeah. messages. But, and then when we got there, I was like, oh my God, we're going to get like front row seats for $10. Because <laughs> like we were watching on like this app, like ticket, like on StubHub or whatever. Yeah. And like the tickets just kept dropping. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so awesome. And then like hours before the game, the NBA was like, we're postponing all games indefinitely. And I was like, what? So that one was wild just because I was like, I've never, yeah, I've never missed a, a sporting event because of a pandemic until that Yeah, game. wasn't it? It was something everyone has witnessed now. Wasn't that the, wasn't, didn't that start out with Rudy Gobert, like coughing on the mic or whatever and like making a joke about it? Yeah. And then like within like less yeah. than 24 hours, everything had changed. He had it and then like, yeah, and then he got it and then, yeah, he, it was the go bear pandemic. <laughs> um, oh, right. So yeah, so um, so yeah, I had a couple like small. I I honestly did have the snowplow game that you mentioned listed, mm-hmm. but I kind of thought you might mention that one because the more I read about it, I was like, oh, this one was kind of a famous one, and I did think it was great. Yeah, for just a quick one. Yeah, the snowplow game. Uh, the Patriots won three to zero because yeah they they allowed a plow truck to come at the end of the game and free pass for the kicker. But again, like the the, NF, the I read about it, the NFL was like, "There's no rule against that." Yeah, <laughs> like it does sound. They even admitted that they're not sure if there should be a rule, but at the time there wasn't. Which I do wonder, like, is there rules like that now? Um, I think what it is is like you have to do it yourself 
Like, that's why, you know, when they line up for kicks and stuff, you see them, like, clearing a little path or whatever. I don't think you can go call a timeout and then yeah. bring out some dude with a Zamboni to, like, clear an area or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the only, yeah, the only other cool part of it that I thought was funny is that at Jet Stadium, the plow itself, a John Deere model... 314 tractor with sweeper attached hangs from the ceiling like in their like trophy area <laughs> like that is pretty cool i am glad that they i mean i'm not a patriots fan but i think that's a cool one yeah so, i always i always think so, it's yeah. cool when they snowplow do little things like that yeah so, yeah the snowplow game was a big one there was um what was the other one some tennis event <laughs> that i was reading about um it was who was it? Bobby Riggs versus Jack, Jack Kramer in 1947 um, had a tennis event at the. I don't remember if it was the U.S. Open. This is actually a weird thing I write about. Did you know tennis players would go on tour with each other and like you would like get they would just like tour different cities and you would just see the same like two famous guys play each other. No, I didn't. I was know like, that. that's kind of weird because. Yeah, like, so Bobby Riggs and Jack Kramer were on, like, a tour. And when they got to the New York segment, there was 24 inches of snow. (laughs) And they still held the event. And even though Riggs, like, everyone's like, I don't think anyone should come. (laughs) It's too dangerous. But they actually got, like, a sold-out crowd because, like, everyone was snowed in. And it was, like, the only thing to do at the time. But, (laughs) But, yeah, it didn't. But it was... It was indoors, so I was like, oh. Because at first I was like, because I just thought, and I guess, yeah, I guess they just played in a new stadium, but like the U.S. Open, like Arthur Ashe Stadium is outdoors, I think, right? Yeah. The Where they play now, yeah. So I was like, because it would have been a cooler short if it was, yeah, like a snow tennis match, but I guess <laughs> it wasn't. But anyway, so anyway, I kept looking at it. And then I weirdly, when I was looking up New York games, came across um are you just familiar in general of the colgate and syracuse sports rivalry i didn't even know that colgate and syracuse had a sports rivalry (laughs) yeah so apparently before this is i'll kind of yeah i'll kind of get into like just because i kind of found the whole thing interesting but colgate university and syracuse university or only like 38 miles apart from each other. So back in like the early 1900s, they were like fierce rivalries in football. And this is what was kind of crazy to me. Syracuse leads the all-time series 32-31-5. So they just took the lead like last year because they play Colgate like once every like 10 years now because Colgate's not a division one school anymore. But I just thought it was wild that Syracuse had to be the team to like come back to like take the like record from them. And you would, cause you would think they would have just always dominated. But at the time, I guess they were both kind of just private, private schools, like in upstate New York and, um, and, uh, yeah, like, but one became, like, a bigger school and one kind of stayed, like, a smaller one. But anyway, um, the uh, the big one was, or the one I wanted to talk about was they had their own, like, kind of crazy snow game in, in this Syracuse versus Colgate, 1947, again. Man, I, oh, I guess that would, that's why I looked up that tennis match and i guess it was the same year and then i got linked to oh. another game which i guess that's what's kind of fun about wikipedia but it was going on at the same time probably uh, anyway so the yeah so the stormy battle between <laughs> the orange men and the red raiders and one of the most overlooked bad weather games out there um and it wasn't so like yeah this whole game was just yeah the field was covered in snow no one could kind of accomplish anything um and so the the game winning play was in the second half, and um, Syracuse ran a trick punt, kind of I guess like the old like kind of Statue of Liberty play, mm-hmm. and it was five foot eight, one hundred and fifty pound Slivers Slovensky 
Ran a 65-yard <laughs> touchdown on a fake punt late in the game and the final score being 7-1. And I thought Liver Slovensky is like probably one of the best kind of funny football names ever. That sounds like and a henchman just, name. Imagine, yeah, and just being 5'8", 150, like you would literally die in like <laughs> any, in any football game around. But... But anyway, so like, the more I kind of was reading about it, though, um, this this rivalry just like that, like I just thought it was kind of so funny. And so there's like this old legend about like the rivalry, like they would prank each other and stuff. And so, and so um, there was this legend called the legend of the hoodoo, and the hoodoo legend was based on a story that during the construction of Syracuse's um, Archbold Stadium in 1907, a Colgate student stuck, snuck onto the construction site and buried a varsity maroon sea sweater in the drying cement, thereby cursing Syracuse to fa- failure against the Red Raiders. Colgate students even went as far as to rent planes to drop hoodoo flyers to litter the Syracuse campus, prompting Syracuse, vid- uh, Syracuse students to respond by dropping their own flyers on the Colgate campus. <laughs> Like, can you imagine renting airplanes to, to pull off, like, a college prank? Like, it's just wild that that was even, like, a thing. I will say they did that a few years. They wanted to do that a few years ago uh, with the with the Texas State wanted to get rid of their, uh, their athletic director. And we're trying to raise funds to fly a plane over the stadium that said fire Tice. Larry Tice was the AD. <laughs> but... I forgot what happened. Like, I think they got enough money, but they wouldn't allow them to do it or something like, or someone, they wouldn't, no one would fly over to the stadium or something like that happened. But like, like it, I just think that's kind of, that's just kind of funny. Like the whole pranking thing. I, I, I read something somewhere about another, uh, oh, it was, uh, it was during a chiefs game. They said something about, um, uh, like a Broncos fan or something or, vice versa when they were building Arrowhead Stadium or something like that. Somebody put something in the cement to, like, curse the team or something like that. Or, like, buried, like, a helmet or yeah. a, a piece of, like, memorabilia, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. And, yeah, and just reading about, like, these... Uh, like, they've had, like, all these epic battles. Um, oh, and Jim... And I forgot Jim Brown played for Syracuse. And so he has, like, a couple... Like, he... Jim Brown recorded an NCAA record 43 points in Syracuse's 61-7 victory at Colgate in 1956. That's what's crazy about it is, like, Colgate has all these, like, good victories, like, early on. But then, like, like Colgate has barely, since 1950, um, Colgate hasn't won a game, which that's crazy. And it's a real right. I mean, they haven't, again, they play, like, every few years now. But like they played in 2023, and Syracuse won 65 to zero, which is a little bit of a blowout. And they actually played in 2025, so it's actually like a game. Like I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check that out on ESPN Plus. But here's one I thought you would love in their notable rivalry games in 1897. They have a game called or named the Tackle. And Colgate was hosting the game in Hamilton for some reason. With the game tied, a Colgate alumna, alumnus who was working as a newspaper reporter covering the game ran onto the field and tackled the series player who had broken away and was about to score the go-ahead touchdown. The game eventually ended in a 6-6 tie. The series was suspended until 1902, at which point every subsequent game in the series would be played in Syracuse. <laughs> which, that's just awesome. That feels like I mean you, you got to be on Texas State games on the sidelines a couple times, didn't you? Did you ever think about running out on the field and tackling someone? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, that's that's kind of funny. That's pretty funny, especially uh, the tack. It's called the tackle because like I think of the tackle and I think of that stupid Rams Titans Super Bowl ending and like, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and then Jim Brown scoring what forty three points on him. He's like, I ain't letting no, no pussy ass 
to that face beat me. He, <laughs> what if he tried to? What if that same guy tried to tackle Jim Brown? I think he would have died. <laughs> but see, that's also what's funny. We were talking about how the fact that like a journalist would even have the gut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can you imagine like Skip Bayless Smith out there trying to trying like to run out on a Cowboys game? Like Skip Bayless trying to like tackle like I don't know. <laughs> Whoever, they would literally uh, murder him. Like, he would try to go out there and tackle, like, Jordan Love or something like that. Uh, That's funny. That would be wild. But, but anyway, and the one thing, though, yeah, reading all this stuff, Legend of Hulu, all it says is that it's, like, a pun or, like, it's obviously, like, a version of voodoo, but I couldn't figure out why, why it's hoodoo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like, why is it an H? I was trying to figure, because I was like, that has nothing to do with Colgate, and they're called the Raiders, so, like, I don't know. I was trying to figure that out, but I couldn't. So if any Syracuse or Colgate alumni <laughs> listen to our podcast, let me know why it's hoodoo and what that has to do with anything. But hmm. but anyway, but yeah, so I, was, I had a fun time learning about Colgate-Syracuse rivalry that I did not know existed, and Sadly, it doesn't. I mean, it's. I guess it still exists in in art, but it feels like Syracuse might win that for the next thousand years. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, that. Uh, so I don't really have any more. I just have some honorable mentions. Uh, just quick little little yeah, things. Yeah, let's hear them. Um, so uh, January first, twenty twenty two, the NHL Winter Classic. So if you don't know what the Winter Classic is, the NHL plays these games on New Year's Day, where they're at outside venues. Um, uh, this particular one between the uh, St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild took place at Target Field in Minneapolis. Thirty eight, uh, thirty eight thousand five hundred nineteen people showed up to a negative five degree game. Well, Fahrenheit negative twenty. Uh, Celsius for all of our Canadian friends, um, which makes it like the coldest hockey game ever. Yeah. And then the other one that I just thought of when we were talking about all the snow and stuff was the uh, Thanksgiving game against uh, the Cowboys and the Dolphins that was played at Texas Stadium, um, which was a it was an icy, snowy game, and it's best remembered as uh, Leon Lett touching the blocked. Uh, Miami Dolphins field goal, which gave the Dolphins another chance, and oh, they ended yeah. up beating them. Which <clears throat> was probably—it's probably the first bad weather game I remember watching like live, and it was like the most surreal thing I've ever seen. Like ending to a football game is just like because like just like most football games, the last like two minutes, especially in a close game, are like the longest parts of the game. Yeah, but it was just like, yeah. and it's also bizarre too because we're talking about stadiums. I don't know why Texas Stadium, where the Cowboys played, had that hole in the roof. Like it was like pointless. It's like let's build a roof and then just leave the I don't hole. No, there. there's actually. Do you not know the, the rando about that? That's literally because <laughs> my dad used to always tell me this. It, the owner did it so that the so God could watch the Cowboys play. I've heard that, but that was I his, was like, <laughs> I think I think that. Actually, I mean, you got to remember, these owners are insane. (laughs) (laughs) They'll do, like, and that was, like, his real reason. Like, whoever was before Jerry Jones, he (laughs) was was like, God needs to watch. Like, I just love the the idea of not trying to get against people's religion or anything, but it's just wild to to think someone believes in God, but also thinks they need a whole to watch a football game through. Like that, like the roof would have actually like blocked his view. Yeah, is just hilarious. Well, maybe it is true because what the Cowboys haven't done anything in this new Jerry Jones World Stadium or whatever. But like maybe that's the maybe true. that's what it is, and I don't know. Satan watches the stadium. <laughs> Man, it is tough. Like I, I, I'm known to not be a Cowboys fan, but it is. It's just gotten ridiculous for them. Like I can't believe they lost Green Bay. Like yeah. this is nuts. Like, like they just shouldn't have. Like you can say whatever you want about that. Yeah, Jordan Love. No, that's just not. I, I think Jordan Love is actually going to be a good quarterback, but you can't lose to him. Yeah, it's like a young <laughs> upstart. The first team. round of the. Yeah, that was just unacceptable. 
Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Oh well, I sorry. Was in shock, sorry but. to all you frozen cowboy fans out there. <laughs> Hopefully, and they're keeping McCarthy. Did you see that? What's that? I think that's they're keeping McCarthy, Ugh. which I think is I, I. Jerry Jones is so weird because he seems like the most loyal and unloyal person ever. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. He's so loyal to some coaches, but then it seems like he treated uh, Jimmy Johnson like uh, I'm sure like they're both big egos, so I'm sure they didn't meld well. But yeah. at the same time, anyway, anyway, I don't want to go on a rant about the Cowboys, but no, this was thanks for listening to our wild weather. Why can't I? It's like a twister in my head. I want to name it the. Wide world of weird weather. There you go. No, I don't like that. Oh, oh I'll, I'll keep working on it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so great talking as always, Vidal, and thanks for the listeners out there. And keep it rando.